Welcome back to another episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This episode, we welcome David Desmelchin and Leah Kilpatrick to the episode to talk their part, their short story, in the Headless Horseman Annual Number 1 one-shot over at Dark Horse Comics called Horror House. Uh, David is an actor, writer, producer, all those things who's appeared in movies like The Dark Knight, Prisoners, The Ant-Man Trilogy, The Balco Experience, Blade Runner 2049, Bird Box, The Suicide Squad, Dune, The Boogeyman, Oppenheimer, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, Gotham, Flash, and so many more. He also has an independent film coming up uh, that's hoping to be on, the, on on screens at some point in 2024 called Late Night with the Devil. However, he's here to talk about comics that he co-wrote with Leah Kilpatrick, as well as comics like Count Crowley over at Dark Horse Comics. Uh, Leah is an actress, comedian, and host. Her, she's been in things like Lovers Divided, Sunny Family Cult, Baby Splitters, Free the Nipple, Gate, Gateway, and more. She also hosts Superfan Builds on Netflix. She co-wrote this story with David over at Dark Horse Comics. So enjoy this episode, everybody. But before you do, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, and all your major podcasts and platforms. This is an episode with David Dismolchin and Leah Kilpatrick talking the Headless Horseman Annual Number 1 at Dark Horse Comics. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, David and Leah. How are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I'm here in Maine. You guys in California? Yes, we're in California, and it is uh, the beginning of October now. So for us, it's very exciting. We um, are jointly throwing a really big Halloween party together this year. So yesterday we were like going through all the crazy decorations and getting ready for that costume preparation, makeup preparation. It's a very exciting time of year. Yes. We've got horror comics. What a life. It's it's so much fun. I, October is amazing in my, my opinion. Here in Maine, we get leaves changing too. So there's no. that. We have to put fake leaves in yeah. our yard. We just, just to... paint. We just we just graffiti <laughs> um, the real trees. Uh, yeah, I love Maine. We'll be not too far from you. We're going to be in Connecticut next weekend doing some uh, book signings. This weekend. This weekend. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Time is flying. You're not busy at all, are you? It's 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 one of those things I always love and say thank you to the people who jump on the podcast because like their lives are way more busy than mine are and it's just so thankful for you guys to be on here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess let's talk a little bit about how who you are and how you got into this, like you know, writing a comic book. So, I mean, Leah, are you a comic book fan as well? I mean, I don't know much about you, so let's talk yeah. a little bit about who you are. Yeah, um, so I'm originally from Minnesota, uh, and I grew up with really all sorts of nerdums um my main ones were i would even into high school i would go over to like sleepovers with girlfriends and i would be the one waking up at seven in the morning to watch saturday morning cartoons like well until i was like 17 18 which people always thought was questionable but you know <laughs> i knew got good content when i saw it um Comic books were always kind of there in my life. I think it wasn't until later in life that I really hit them hard. I steered a bit away from reading just because it was a bit of a, not my strong suit. Mm -hmm. So what I appreciated with comics was the artistry and just being able to, even if <clears throat> I had moments where, 
the writing was too much for me, which sounds silly looking at comic book writing, but I would be able to see a story, fall in love with it just by the imagery alone. So that was always kind of a big um, inspiration for a lot of my creativity in later life was visuals and tan tangible medium. That's why I was so excited when we wrote this comic together because I haven't had something published that I could physically touch. So that was a huge uh, victory for me that I have David to thank. <laughs> Yourself yeah, I mean, to thank. And, and so like, obviously, is this like, you know, obviously, David, you've uh, written uh, a few comics now. Uh, and so is, but have you been a comic book fan your entire life too? Or has this been something? I have. I've life? been collecting. Uh, first comic I got in third grade was, uh, where is she? Well, she's around here somewhere. Um hmm? Event, yep, there she is. Avengers number two forty nine. They were facing Demon Storm, and go, yeah. uh, I kept that. I got it off of a spinner rack in a like uh, minutes minute shop, and uh, I never never got rid of that. And I I'm very kind of methodical about how I bag and board stuff, and I have it's been since I was a kid. Yes. <laughs> um, in fact, I'm reorganizing my um my boxes as we speak. But uh, yeah. And, and I got really turned on to the world of horror and horror comics as well at a pretty young age, which was something I really loved. Um, and I think for me, I liked reading a lot, um, but I did struggle with, uh, I guess, I don't know. They, they were for me like comics, comic shops, comic culture were always this just like amazing place where I could escape in my imagination and get lost and characters and ideas and worlds that um you know felt as filled as they were with like menacing villains and potentially you know galaxy ending catastrophes it still felt a lot safer sometimes than the world i was living in and um so it's been really a gift for me obviously in the world of acting i've had the benefit of getting to work in a number of cool comic book properties and i'm so in love with the way that comic books have been adapted to film and television since I was a kid, you know, since mm -hmm. the the Saturday morning cartoons, I used to love Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And I loved the Justice League. I loved watching Super Friends and was addicted to all the Hall of Justice. But I was more into actually, um, I, I felt like the villains uh, in the rogues gallery on like Justice League were the best, man. They were my favorite. And then, um, so yeah, getting the opportunity to write and create comics now, it's like, it's wild, man. It's such a, such a surreal reality for me. I love how you mentioned uh, organizing comics and things like that. Like I wrote a piece, about, I want to say two years ago now about the idea that it's like a mental break for me just to like organize comics and go to the comic book store. And like the, the, the idea of collecting comics and reading comics is this broader thing than just physically turning the pages in a book. It's the bagging and boarding, it's the organization, it's the displaying them and all that stuff. So I, I'm glad you're, you're somewhat in the same boat as me in that sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a whole thing. And, and, and I think for people who don't collect comics, it can be intimidating and I'm trying to encourage, and it's been cool seeing the boom of what, you know, the MCU and the DCU and other independents have done with like film and television. Cause I see a lot of younger people going in and it's like, just go buy that comic. Go check. It's like, a really uh, cost-effective, affordable form of entertainment. It's a great thing for parents to do with kids. It's a great thing for grown-ups to do who've never been to a comic shop in their life. I know it can seem intimidating, but it's like you don't need to know the best writers, the best artists. You should walk into a shop, walk along that wall, and just 
pick up the first thing that really like you can't take your eyes off of. Mm -hmm. I still do that to this day. Like I have my favorite things that I follow, but I love to just walk along a wall on a Wednesday and see something new with an artist, you know, that does something that I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. Yes, it's a, it's a fun experience going into comic book stores, that's for sure. But I mean, not only is comics this big thing, and obviously we focus a lot on comics on this podcast, but we also love the horror genre. So like, obviously we're in October now, and this is a fun month for a lot of us horror fans. I don't know why it has to be in one month, really. We can we can be horror fans all year long. But uh, Leah, have you been a horror fan since you were young? Is this something that you've always been attracted to? Yeah, horror and gore has always been something that I lean towards. It was always, I think my mom always thought I was just like a little weirdo because any type of violent, stop it, any type of violent, scary movie like Freddy Krueger was, while I had this interesting relationship with him where I was terrified, I was constantly obsessed. And I think that's where I found found myself a lot of times with horror things was the fear made me like them more, which I'm talking in therapy about. But um, with all the classic monsters, Creature from the Black Lagoon is still today one of my favorites. I just have Mm -hmm. this fascination over Creature. Um, And then when I got to L.A., it was fun because I got to like act in little um, I got to act in this um, Friday the 13th um, music video. And I got Jason to kill me with uh, what are those called? Like head garden trimmers, shears, head garden. Yeah. yeah, it was a replica from uh, Friday the Thirteenth: The New Beginning. Okay. So I got to play the dead chick. Awesome. It was awesome. So it was like something that I've been such a fan of for so long to then be able to live in it was such mm-hmm. a such a dream. But horror stuff has always. My dad would always. I hated it, but he would always play little ugh, videos to torment me with it and. It's a whole a whole genre that I've always just been obsessed with. It's a great means of disciplining children. I yes. do that myself. When my kids are bad, I'm like that clown down in the crawl space. Yes. Oh. Well, we have that as a regular thing. I live in Bangor, Maine, which is the home of Stephen King. And yeah. so mm-hmm. we have that as a normal. Like we just, I don't it doesn't scare as many people here because like, yeah, I know that guy lives on the West Broadway. I know where he lives. It's not a, like right. But have you ever run into him around town? Uh, yeah, here and there. He lives nowadays mostly in Florida, but he does come up here and there. And, you know, he's people stop by his house to take photos of his house because it's creepy and he's got like yeah. gargoyles out there and like bats on the fences and all that stuff. And a lot of his books he did write in this place. So it is if you're a big Stephen King fan or horror fan, it's nice to see this place. Um, but really, he's not up in this area as much anymore. He spends a lot of time in Florida and, and at Red Sox games and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's yeah, like, house I mean, into a uh, writer's retreat, though. He's turning it into a place where horror writers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely one of my biggest inspirations. He's such a hero and what an incredible guy. Um, that's how Lee and I actually met was through like horror sci-fi. She was had come out of a film school in Chicago, Columbia, and I had graduated. I had I had been graduated for a long time, but I had started my theater career in in Chicago, and then and then was doing some cinema and short films. And she produced a short film that's like a sci-fi horror film um, called Gateway, and that's when we met. That's when we became friends, which would have been back in two thousand and ten. Mm-hmm. 2010 so 13 years we've been in some capacity working together and known each other for like 14 years um oh, wow. yeah and 
you know, I think your viewers would appreciate you got to like her uh, speaking of gore and makeup and stuff, her Instagram and YouTube, you got to link it on here, like the yeah. makeup she does, because she's not a makeup artist, but she does it for fun. Like her vision makeup was amazing, but you're dead, like you're the the zombie Captain America is is one mm -hmm. of the coolest. Like I show it to all my professional makeup friends and they're like, who the F is this? This is yes. incredible. It's so impressive. Yeah. It's really it's, kind of it, you have it, you have it to, uh, pinned, I think, right? Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 I did the clicker mask. That was like the thing though, is when you said earlier, it was like, why does Halloween have to be yeah. one month? That's it was so funny to me because every Halloween I would build up to getting excited about what my costume was and what I could create and how I could be different and how I could make it. And then last year I was like, why am I limiting it to and then people are like, yeah, that's what cosplayers do. I was like, yeah, okay. But like, I don't want to put myself in that category because yes. they're so talented. You know what I mean? They're like so multi-talented and making so, so many things. It's yeah, crazy. Anybody who sees what you've done would be sweet. like, that would win prize. You'd win trophies at cons sure, sure, for sure, sure with um, some of those looks. But that was like the thing that I, I forgot for a period of time was you can celebrate these things all year round in different ways and even just being creative. Um, like with the clicker mask I made, that was like in mm -hmm. I don't know April. So they're so awesome. It's so it's awesome. Yeah, they, they are. I I second that opinion on uh, going to your Instagram and looking at everything because <laughs> it is all wonderful. It is there, you. you know. It's one of those things that if you're like trying to get to know someone, you're like, so you're just a makeup person. Like that's what you'd get. Like a lot of the, like you tell jokes and you yeah and you do makeup. It's very, so that's, that's who you are <laughs> it's very confusing i know but too many things i gotta put one down that's why i knew when the prospect so we were talking about oh you know we should we should we should work or at least i was thinking i wanted to work on stuff with leah i don't know if she felt that way but i was certainly like i'd love to work on stuff because i've been following her create creations for years uh in comedy especially like she's just done a lot of really funny sketch work over the years that i've liked and i thought um when megan walker who is the editor at dark horse who has helped shepherd count crowley for mm -hmm. me over the last five years is also a really amazing friend and um artistic collaborator for me when she told me that she was doing this um this anthology special for halloween and she wanted to start doing this like an annual for dark horse called the headless horseman and um would i be interested in in coming up with a short piece for it um i immediately thought of leah because i've been in a space lately with a lot of my horror writing where i'm trying to incorporate the gallows humor uh and the the the, the tone of things that i love but that i don't necessarily have the skill set for so i was like would you be interested in helping me um collaborate on on creating something and she was like Who are for you? five million dollars yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah how much no, are you gonna I pay me like, now? Of course. um but that was like the challenging part because i i had written scripts and tv pilots before so then changing your creative brain to writing a comic is is different and so i was able to learn so much from david who had so much experience already with it um and that was such a cool thing just to learn about creatively how you handle panels mm -hmm. and how you can, the different ways you can use text and the page flip 
and he taught me all that stuff, which I think is such another added layer that maybe people who read comics don't think about. They experience it. But then when you write for it, I think it's such a such a tool that creators can use to pull people in even more to their story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Absolutely. about it. And I was consuming co- comic books for decades and I never really got into the, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you read like Bendis gave some great uh, ton. There's tons of, of great writers who've created like texts to, for you to learn how to write comics. But I would say like just having to dive in and, 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 and tying in, wouldn't you say that like there is a connectivity between script writing comic i mean you know there's there's something i'm glad we have that like language we've spent years developing like how to write screenplays but um bringing that visual medium into then a way that you can basically be sharing a bunch of emotional tonal ideas with your artist who Mm -hmm. for us is three states away you know Mm -hmm. and we, we never see in person it's all done through us sending ideas his words on a script and then to see what the artist can do and then to have the gift of somebody as talented as Tyler was like, what an amazing, what an amazing kick-ass way to kick this thing off together. Right. Was that something that dark horse connected you to together or had the connection with Tyler come come about, you know, a couple of years ago in the midst of the pandemic, there was, as we know, so much like, social and political upheaval and mm-hmm. all the different workspaces I think people were involved in were just feeling these shifts away from what you know could feel uh to many people like oh it's just the way this is as opposed to the people who were suffering under that and I think the comic space has been going through a lot of transitions in the last five years where people are recognizing that like everything from power structures to toxic work environments to the way relationships can happen between like, just like in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. just like in corporate America, it's just like in Washington, very powerful people who could just kind of do what they will. And if they generate enough coin kind of live. So Tyler and I had heard enough stories from people in particular, women who were being like treated in ways that we were like, this is just not cool. And so we bounded together with a group of other artists and writers and um, creators to say, like, we, you know, stand in unity with needing to make a change. The way that HR companies, you know, HR operates in the space is really important. And um, so he and I started talking on the phone a lot. I was already a massive fan of his artwork. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with him as a person through that process of just talking about what can we do we're comic book creators or i'm an actor like how do we have any impact on this totally crazy world that we're living in and i just i just i just admire him so much and and so then when megan approached about this megan and 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 leah and i and um and my wife eve we all went out for breakfast Mm -hmm. and it was a great like hit it off conversation she was like what artist do you want and I was like, oh my God, like, so I was thinking and thinking, we were talking and talking and looking and looking. And there was one artist who we really love, who we thought was going to be able to do it. And then um, he, uh, he couldn't with schedule. And I was like, he's never going to say yes, but I should ask at least I should shoot for the moon. You know, you got to shoot for the moon. I was like, I'll ask Tyler Crook. And then, and then if he says no, which he will, then we'll have Megan maybe help us figure somebody that she knows. And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. Not at first. He was like, I need to read it. 
And then he was like, let me see how my schedule is. And then it just started to go. And it was awesome because he's very hands-on. So yeah, he was wonderful. Yeah. And in the art in this whole headless horseman annual number one is great throughout the entire thing, the different styles, but like literally I was reading, I saw, you know, uh, Caitlin over at dark horse sent me a copy in, in digital and I was reading it and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get to their story here, here pretty soon. And I, and it changed the page. And I was like, I really hope this is their story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like one of those weird things is it didn't have like a splash page. Like your name of your story was technically on the, on the building. Or, like, so like, it's one of those things that I got to it. I'm like, I really hope this is it. And I got to like flip back on the PDF to the front. I'm like, yes, it is it. And so, cause mm-hmm. I just, the artwork in that page was so amazing. It's like, you know, I, I love Count Crowley and I love obviously the stuff that David, you do on screen. And so I was excited to read this book as a, as a story as it was. And then I was like, uh, looking at your Instagram, Leah and stuff like that, like, okay, this person's funny. So I'm hoping this person has some input on it. It makes us a little funny. And it was unbelievable. And I don't want to give away too much about it. I think people need to, to read the story, uh, but it's not a, your typical haunted house for sure. I'll say that. Uh, the only one I want, the only line I want to say is hipster tennis. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go any further than that. Had to make it in. Had to make it yes. in. Yes. Yes. I literally like, I read books at night and with my iPad, my wife sleeps and I'm like, I have a little mount that I, I read it with and I'm reading it. I literally laughed out loud. She's like, you okay? And then I'm Yay. just like, one, the one line of the entire like story that like stuck with me was that one line, mm-hmm. hipster tennis. But um, no, it's not your typical haunted house. How did this story come about? Like how did this uh, form? How did this, you know, did you guys go back and forth on this? Was this an idea for a, a long lot? Time, and we were or... working in the same space, which was cool. Mm-hmm. We were sitting up here in my yeah. office mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. Yeah. And we were what... just kind of um, trying to think of like what we're interested in Halloween. And, <clears throat> you know, we see it so much from our point of view as humans. We were like, what what do the monsters do on Halloween? Which isn't necessarily an original thought, but we were interested in putting our spin on it. And what do teen monsters do? Mm-hmm. What do they think scary? What do they see and pretend that they're not afraid of because they're too cool? And we were just kind of dabbling in the, the fact of, I think we, after the pandemic, I think a lot of people came out being like, are we good people? Like, what's <laughs> our priorities? Yeah. What are we? And we just kind of wanted to have a little hint of who maybe really is the real monsters in these worlds and mm-hmm. how we can play into that. Absolutely. I I get asked lately more and more to do because of like my acting business, like, oh, be a talk, talking head kind of thing on these like different horror uh mm-hmm. we're going to talk about horror movies we're going to talk about horror fiction we're going to talk about whatever but we did we do panels now as comic creators you know we were at san diego comic-con and we're getting ready to do new york comic-con so anybody who's watching come and see us yeah. at new york and we're also going to be at the famous monsters of Filmland festival in october um a lot of opportunities to talk about horror what does horror mean to you what are monsters and um I always quote her because I think she's a genius, but Emile Ferris talks a lot about good monsters and bad monsters. And I think that, um, that in my now intellectual analysis and thoughtfulness on like, what are monsters? I always land on the side of like, I'm the most scared of just people. (laughs) Um, and I think the metaphorical or creative mythological, modern or classical mythological ways that we manifest monsters in our storytelling are meant to, take those things to the extreme but it's still the thing that scares me the most so i was like we could make this really dour and dark (laughs) or with the help of my amazing writing partner 
feel like we could find some way in this that makes it more fun and fluid. And like, you know, that experience of going to a haunted house, I'm sure you have them in Maine. Mm -hmm. We have them in California. We just did horror nights together the other night. Like I love haunted houses, that experience. I wanted our readers to get to have like turning the page, like what's the next room? What's the next Mm -hmm. horror we're going to see? And it just increases from that point on. It's just, it's so great because I love it's a short story too. Like that's the point too. I feel like it would be drawn out almost in a full length mm-hmm. comic book where you get like, okay, I get it. Let's go. It's, you know, this being a short story in an anthology actually works really perfectly for it. Um, but I like how your, your point about the monsters being people because I've always tried to explain that to people like with The Last of Us, for example, or The Walking Dead and all these things. And like people are like, I'm not into zombies. I'm like, it's not really about the zombies. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. a it's a vessel to get the story moving. But it's really about the people and how the people are really the scariest part of these post-apocalyptic zombie filled worlds or monster filled worlds. And that's what I see. We you know, you watched the news, you watch everything. And it's like these horrible people that are out there. And this is like, a, what, what's the scariest things that are in the in the world right now? And that's kind of what you guys did with this with this story, but also had some jabs and some comedy in it and stuff like that it was really good. It was very well written story. And I, it's my favorite out of the out of the, out of the book. But like, you guys are on here. So Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> I, you have to be willing to poke fun at yourself too. Like, yeah. obviously, I, I'm we're taking the piss out of all different kinds of people in this but like i'm certainly the guy who talks about my feelings ad nauseum and i think that that's one of our first uh panel uh got it out of the way like rip it right off like and i'm avid in pickleball the avid uh (laughs) the guy who sits around yeah like it's just and i do it man if i'm in a fancy restaurant or not even a fancy restaurant if i'm somewhere cool and i see that and the food is is laid out in a way i'm like here I am like thinking about how do I post a picture of this as yeah. opposed to like just eat, consume the freaking food. food, man. Like just enjoy this moment. <laughs> Be present here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It, it's gorgeous. And we're lucky because, you know, Lucas Kettner, who does Count Crowley, yeah. um, did the cover for the Headless Horseman. And then we have there's two variants. Mark Spears did a great oh, no. variant. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Totally Mark Spears style. And mm-hmm. then, of course the legend himself double m super yeah, rad yeah um yeah we're really we're it's surreal i can't wait to go like we got these in the mail the other day and like i'm so excited to go to a shop i go to um, a couple different comic shops in 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 california and um i'm psyched for us to go walk into a shop in mm, a week two weeks october 13 18th, 18th. Oh, 18th. so yeah okay couple weeks okay, wait, I got, couple I got weeks. you back here okay. I know, like, oh. thank you <laughs> uh, uh, but the uh what's it what's the experience like gonna be for you Leah to go in there and see something like on the shelf and have your uh, I'm gonna try not to cry but we'll see what happens <laughs> I, I just think it's you know you've been something you've been in love with for so long whether that genre or comic book or just yeah. even that I mean like you were talking about just memories of walking into a comic book sh- shop like even just I would go in and just sometimes look at the toys you know mm-hmm. I just, it feels like a safe haven in many ways. And it's such a, it's such a place with so much creative juices flowing, I feel, because it's artists and writers. And um, so to go in there and then have something with your name on it is crazy. It's wild. It's crazy. It's wild. I can only imagine. It's funny that I'm having this like, 
small experience version of it where uh, Mad Cave Studios put out Legacy of Violence Volume 2, which is from Cullen Bunn and Andrea Moody. And they randomly didn't even tell me, but they put my pull quote on the back of the book. No. Uh, for my review of it and i'm like reading their advanced copy on pdf on my ipad in the middle of the night and i like get on like sending my lcs owner like a picture i'm like holy smokes i had no That's idea so now funny. i'm like i'm gonna go turn every single one of those copies around, yeah. around. So the yeah. back <laughs> i mean no pressure justin but we're just saying the better the pull quote the more likelihood there is of landing on the back of a trade at some point you know we need well it's those funny because i have it uh, uh who was it um image had written out reached out about one about if you had any and then distillery the new publisher out there yeah, yeah. um they Excited reached out about putting a quote on their website, but they reached out. Like they actually asked, hey, is this, which wow. is fine. I don't like whatever, but it was just kind of funny. I'm like, I would just happen to stumble upon it. And I looked at volume one and I'm like in the spot where I am is where CBR was last and the issue one or volume one. So I was like, huh, I replaced CBR. I'm happy with yeah, no big deal. No big, <laughs> no big deal. deal. <laughs> but it was kind of funny. I'm like, it was just, I'm, I, my day job is a, a, a creative director for a brewery and, and I do the graphic design and stuff for labels of them beer. So I had the same experience when I walked into a store the first time and saw my can of beer on the shelf and my That's artwork awesome. was out there. So it was cool. So I can understand it's it's a fun experience. And I tried not to cry. Leah, I'll sure. tell you that, right? So it is a fun experience. And is I, it nationally a, distributed? It is not. It's mostly okay. in the Northeast, but not Northeast. in there well, might be in, some um, in New York. We're in New York. Uh, you know, there's not in Connecticut. Connecticut. We're in Connecticut okay. next week. Not in Connecticut, but it will be in. It should be somewhat in New York, depending on where you are in the city and where. Okay. We have okay. it's called uh, it's called, called Orno Brewing. Orno Brewing Company. Okay. And the, Orno. Our, our oh, beer that would be down there is Tubular. Okay. It's like Tubular. That's our beer that you see. It's in a. Uh, it looks like a night uh, can from the uh, Saved by the Bell. Is what the can looks like. So. I love that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a fun experience seeing that out there. But now you guys have written this short story together. Is this something you want to do again in a, in a longer format? Or is this something that was like a one and done thing? You guys don't like each other anymore. We're done. It's over. <laughs> I mean, we waited all these years to finally see. And it was, you know, just a nightmare. Yeah, you'll uh, see how sales do, right? You'll see, you'll get yeah, the sales. We'll see, how this, figure you know, <laughs> we'll see how rich we get off of uh, yeah, how, how writing we... a one-shot comic. And uh, and yeah. that, that will determine everything. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, we can't beat this. Um, I have launched a production company this year that's called Good Fiend Films. Um, we are telling uh, stories that wrestle with ideas that matter to the creators through the lens of genre, which is mostly focusing on horror and science fiction. Um, and because the creating of this went so well and uh, because we are so close and creatively in line, we have a number of projects that are at different stages of um, manifestation. Mm -hmm. So if you guys love what you see with um, uh, Horror House, when you're mm -hmm. reading through The Headless Horseman and you go, oh man, this one's awesome. Just the way good, good old Justin did. You go, yeah. who, who created that? And it's yeah. that Kilpatrick Dasmalchen team. You're yeah. like, what else are these guys working on? Pretty there is some, things. there's some stuff uh, in, in the, the hopper. hopper. It's all genre so yeah. far. Um, we'll pull fun. out one rom com, one. <laughs> just to see how it lands. Randomly, sure, just why not? Yeah, um, period drama. Here. Yeah, right. Yes, period exactly. Drama. <laughs> um, and by period drama, well, one we have one period drama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, commentary. A lot of, a lot yeah. of, a lot of good uh, horror ideas going. Um, 
but uh yeah and so yeah and with good fiend um one of the things that's wonderful is it's it's this it's just like a playground where we can play around with ideas partner up with different people um to see who may be the right fit for helping bring things to life um and it's where you know i hope to see count crowley come to mm -hmm. life in different manifestations we've got the newest volume of that coming in november so mm -hmm. i'm not sure when this episode of your show is going to drop but for all of your October 18th viewers. the day of uh headless horseman oh, the day that we drop this great so yeah so we uh, yeah, go so pick we up uh headless horseman, horseman at your uh lcs and then uh make sure to add count crowley to your pull list so that you get uh the new volume which starts dropping in early november and yep. uh and That's the trades gonna... for the the first two volumes trades are available. This should be available, so people should be able to grab those. They are, and yes. luckily they've been having a some some places are having a harder time keeping them on their shelves, which makes me very happy. Um, That's because really that good. means I get to make more Count Crowley. Yes, it's 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 an unbelievable book too. So you grab that, but yeah, this this hits. I I talked last episode with Ethan Sachs, uh, who wrote a book called The Haunted Girl. Uh, but he also rates bounty hunters for Star Wars and stuff like that. But uh, it was also dropped. The episode's going to drop the same day that the comic book was like, what you need to do is you're listening to this in the, in the morning on the way to work. You need to mm -hmm. call your local comic book shop on the way to work and say, can you save me a copy of the Headless Horseman annual so I can get that when I get out of work or whatever. You need to do that. And then also like, while you're out there, grab your Count Crowley and you know stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah right. And yeah, all your yeah, different, yeah. all your different, all your different pop vinyls out there that are, you know, of you. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and we're, and I'm doing like, it's really fun because we've been on, you know, strike uh, mm -hmm. as actors and writers from the film and television industry for quite a while now. Um, I have, we've been writing and developing our ideas in the comic space and, you know, just thinking of our general ideas of stories that we just want to tell that are important to us, but also working in, um, like licensing has been really fun for me with Count Crowley and I hope with other stories and characters that I create because getting to like work with immortal masks who are doing now masks of the Count Crowley characters mm -hmm. has been a dream. Um, talking to some other potential collaborators on some really cool, you know, um, things, ancillary products and, and ways that you can continue the story outside of just mm -hmm. the pages of the comic book is like, that's really exciting to me. It is. I want a Saturday morning cartoon of uh, something we make. Now yeah. that you're saying that, yeah. Crowley would be cool. Well, I mean, is it any Saturday morning anymore? Or is it just a Saturday morning? <laughs> you can well, only watch it on Saturday, Saturday morning. morning cartoon. <laughs> but I will say my kids wake up at 6.59 on Saturday mornings. Now, they're not on a timed viewing schedule anymore, which yeah. is wild. You know, it's not like, oh, Thundar is going to be yeah. on at 8 a.m. But Gargoyles. Gargoyles was so good, man. I love Comic Gargoyles. Comic book's great. It's written by Greg Wiseman too. Same guy who created Carcos. Awesome. I've got some. Uh, the uh, the 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 but they go down at, on, on Saturday mornings and they're sitting on that couch, waiting for some Captain Crunch. I got to go get some Monster cereal. I can't find it. My Target hasn't been carrying uh, Chocula or Frankenberry really? or Fruit Brute. Yeah, it's <laughs> killing me. Interesting. My you know? my son just likes to watch YouTube videos of people driving Matchbox cars into yeah. pools. Yeah. He's yeah. two years old. He's just like he calls it cars and pool. So he says he wants to watch Don't that. It's literally, just, it's literally just guys taking like the cars from the movie Cars and running it down a slide, slide into a pool for like an hour. Yeah. And he's yeah. just fascinated with it. The I unboxing. No when my son yeah. was like two, two and a half, he was watching the unboxing videos a lot. 
just like people opening weird. I don't know why I'm doing this or like I should do that. I'm sure those people yeah, are making yeah. pretty yes. good money just watching these kids. One, yeah. which doesn't oh, make any sure. sense to me because their their demographic is two year olds that don't buy anything. So I don't know why they're making yeah. money off this advertising when their person who's watching it is likely not going to buy the ads. But yeah, no. um, here's my here's my hope for you, Justin. I'm yeah. my hope for you with capes and tights is um, that you get the trophy, the YouTube trophy. Oh, he just learned about this. The yes. plaque. It's a plaque. It's a plaque. Yeah, it's a plaque. Le- Leah just she, Leah hit it this weekend. She, what? Yeah. You know when do you get little, it? Do you do you, you know get the it plaques? like? Yeah. Yes. Do you get it in the mail at some point, or do you like? <laughs> well, you have to. Um, they have to send you an email, and it okay. will take a while because they have to like even after you hit a certain number yeah. of subscribers, they have to like they yes. have to see it on their end, and they got a lot of people. And then I think you can apply, and then you get it in the mail. I love trophies. Do you have to pay so for the it? Only reason. What? Do you have to pay for the trophy or? I don't think. I think you pay for the shipping. That's okay. wild I, though, considering how much you've made them with like yes. over 100,000 yes. subscribers or whatever, and then yeah. all the millions of views, but you're still going to pay. But I also am not monetized, so I haven't made any. You've I made just, nothing. I just get the plaque. <laughs> that I, but I like, I like, that's, I, I'm a sucker for a medal, a trophy, anything yeah. that's like a Halloween co- costume contest. I get mad if I don't win them. So someone, yeah. I think, just needs to like, have like a trophy on reserve just to hand me so i don't have a fit it just yeah. says you won a trophy it's all yeah, it's like you won. Just- look i've got a whole little shelf up there of mine i love trophies they're there important you go. To me. yeah i'll just take one of those oh don't you that's how it works right no right you just take it if you yeah. what, possession is nine tenths of the law so like there uh-huh. you go stolen valor over here um i know you're on strike david with uh the tag right yes still on strike there writers have obviously have a tentative agreement whatever's going on can you talk about your project that you had uh you know uh with the word late in it or no which late night with the devil oh yes late night with the devil is absolutely uh open for okay i thought so but i just didn't know i didn't want i wanted to know are we gonna get am i gonna be able to see it at some point here it's non-studio and you will be able to see it next year right now it's doing a film festival tour so we will be and playing i think the philadelphia film festival soon definitely chicago international film festival i will be attending the screening of the chicago international film festival i believe that's on october the 15th sunday uh in chicago which is rad because that's where we we hail from so it'll be cool to go back there and you know celebrate this movie that i love so much which is set one night uh it's you know the late 70s late night tv talk show and we're one episode of night owls which was a 90 minute you know late night talk show and the the host jack delroy who i'm playing um was just far far second place to johnny carson in the ratings in fact the show is like on the verge of getting the axe probably any day because the ratings keep dropping and um so on halloween night um jack decides to try and push the boundaries of good taste ethics etc for entertainment sake Mm -hmm. and trying to get the viewership up and it works it's a happy ending story. I want you guys to all watch this. It's like a good old rom-com where a hero who decides to make questionable choices about ethical decisions in a place where horror is real totally comes out looking, you know, great. Mm-mm. Don't believe him. Um, I'm so proud of this movie, man. I, it sounds Smith, like it, yeah. Kevin Smith uh, screened it um, recently. We, we, we had a couple of friends to watch it and he said such a great compliment he was like it's like 
Rosemary's Baby meets Network. And uh, I was thrilled. I sent that to the guys who wrote and directed it, Colin and Cameron Cairns, and they were over the moon. It's really fun yeah, movie. I'm very proud of it. And Stephen King, speaking of your neighbor, mm -hmm. uh, he got to screen it and he tweeted um, something very nice, which I should frame. I should get that like crocheted. That's or embroider and, one of these. and like a thing yeah and, and send that to the boys yeah. they would probably That's love cute. that yeah yeah you should tell them to do this to say the same thing on another platform so that it does live forever unlike the one likely oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. well here's the thing we screen grab that shit man okay. <laughs> we got it forever <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's that's pretty funny i mean kevin smith is kevin smith and mark bernard and uh mark's actually been on the podcast but we, they were like hailing this like they were like kevin smith was saying it was one of the his favorite things so i'm like oh my gosh now i gotta see this movie and now we can't yeah. see it for a year and, so. and and mark's comic writing is so good man i love so talented. him and kevin does a lot of really cool mm -hmm. stuff with comics too obviously he's gotten to play with his own ips but he's done mm -hmm. a lot of cool stuff with dc um i love it 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 we and just his, had uh, his kevin. his comics are at dark horse too so that makes sense yeah. Uh, yeah yeah both of them actually have comics at dark horse so kevin's awesome so is mark mark was great mark was a fun mark like was like recovering from covid when he took uh, came on the podcast oh, yes. i was like you gonna be okay he's like i got it yeah. <laughs> let's do this <laughs> yes <laughs> but uh yeah I, it's been i'm so glad you two took time out of your day uh you know to talk here at the podcast about headless horseman it's coming october 18th to your local comic book shop as well as you know count crowley there's two volumes already out one coming in november uh all kinds of cool stuff looking forward to future stuff right let's, and if you don't mind yeah i'd love to come back to and talk about uh I'm, i've got a series with um with image todd mcfarlane is 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 helping uh shape a new book that i created called knights versus samurai and um federico mele fede as i call him is is just to me, like Lucas Kettner, one of these artists that is about to just explode with such a unique voice as an artist and has such a specific style. And I'm we're we're deep into production on that book right now. And it's it's so rad. I can't wait for you guys to see that. So that's cool. lots to come and all of the collaborations of Des Mulch and Kilpatrick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dill Patrick is what they're calling it. And I'm hoping you can get back to work uh, acting, too, at some point here pretty soon. I'm yeah, I think we're I think we're like close. Yeah, inches away. We're very close. I can yeah. imagine. I can imagine. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Selfishly, all of us viewers at home are like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're all like in the same sense. A lot of us agree with everything you guys have stood for and done and, and fought for. So that's but and the selfishly, we're like, okay, we, at some point we need new stuff. I don't want like yeah, I can't right. watch reruns over and over. But I think that I think the powers that be have felt the pressure, and I think they yeah. know the fans mm -hmm. out there um, are 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 angry and i'm mm -hmm. glad that uh it feels like they're finally listening and they could have done all this day one but hey you know they uh like the drama they do they certainly like the drama <laughs> i just i just never got it because i feel like none of it ever makes them painted in the light the good light it's like i don't wild. understand like <laughs> when they were posting when they were when they were doing those publicity quotes from that billionaires retreat yeah. that was up in northern california everyone was like you're so out of touch it's yeah. bizarre it's wild <laughs> Well, like, I, we, we had are. a local business here who has a as a his restaurant in the area. And he has a place he lives in another country. Uh, he does so so well uh, that he was posting on Facebook about something about stores fronts being open during the pandemic, something. But it had it geotagged of him in the other country, like on vacation. 
And like, it was something to talk about people not getting paid or whatever it was, or unemployment or whatever. I'm like, dude, that's so out of touch. That like, you need to turn your you need to turn your geotagging off so that don't people do don't know. Man. Yeah. People like, tell you're in on Bermuda right now, and like, you're, oh. you're on the on the beach sipping mai tais, and, and yep. you're talking about people not going to be able to work or something like that. I'm like, yep. come on, people, stay in touch wow. here. He needs more mai tais, Justin. He needs more mai tais. Yeah. He needs more trips. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. In Aruba. But, Aruba. Right. I, like I said, I loved it. Tyler did a great job uh, on the book. I think it's uh, the partnership. I mean, I would love to see a book between the two of you and Tyler. That, that would be a, a dream awesome. come true in my point, my my opinion. And uh, I would love for it to be a dark horse because those dark horse people know what they're doing over there as well. So uh, yeah, grab Headless Horseman Annual Number 1 at, at your local comic book shop out today, actually, technically, because that's when this episode drops, as well as Count Crowley and all that stuff. And, you know, you have a website, Leah? Yeah, it's my name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kilpatrick.com but good go. yeah it's a cute website actually you should check it out i i i, I made it perused it. it was pretty funny <laughs> but you yeah. cute right i like I mean, your reviews cool, rad, you're, uh, what people say about you is like your nephew and your mom it's great yeah people should read those See? quotes <laughs> i have testimonials too <laughs> but yeah <laughs> pull quotes good pull, pull quotes, quotes yeah. yeah pull quotes from your mom it's like you know yeah it sounds like a joke actually I got pull quotes from your mom. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, your mom. But yeah. <laughs> so grab that. And then, uh, like I said, sell out of Count Crowley so that, that David can make more of these, as well as the Headless Horseman. So people at Dark Horse are like, oh, these two should make another comic together. That'd be yeah. great. But I really guys, appreciate please. you two taking out your time of your day, talking here at the podcast. Thanks, man. And that was awesome. At some point, you guys come back on. Love got it. it. Yeah. All right, man. Thank Happy you. Halloween. Thank you. Thank you.